0: episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Now, we've had an exciting couple of weeks over at Fox News. Here's the headline. Fox News stumbled after the Dominion settlement and fell back on Hunter Biden and crime.
1: This hour and this day, uh, Fox has agreed to pay 787 million dollars to settle Dominion's defamation lawsuit that had a coming officially from the Wall Street Journal. The settlement then avoids a trial on allegations Fox hoaxed and GUESTS amplified uh, claims around the voting technology behind the 2020 election, Uh, it is a done deal, it is a settlement, and it, for at least Fox, appears to be over. Uh, There might be other litigation to come, but from The Wall Street Journal, uh, this particular issue had been settled at the very day they were going to...
0: Now, I happened to catch that right at the very end of Neil Cavuto's show. I was getting things set up to capture the five, and so I had it on the live stream, and I caught that and just was shocked. And then we went right into the five. They didn't mention it at all. It was not mentioned on any other show all last week. That was it. That brief comment by Neil Cavuto. And Neil Cavuto is on one of the more legitimate news programs on Fox News. But I did see a slight panic in the eyes of many Fox hosts. Fox News Seemed like a wounded Roman soldier last week. Its gleaming and seeming impenetrable armor was bloodstained and muddied. None of the network's wounds were lethal, but the once unstoppable media company had finally been taken down a notch. Unlike the multi million dollar sexual harassment suits Fox paid out in the past, the Dominion defamation settlement caused actual damage. The correspondence revealed during the discovery process exposed Fox News hosts' real feelings about management, the former president, and the Fox News audience. The network could bounce back more easily after treating its female employees with disdain than it could from evidence that its host hated former President Donald J. Trump or that the network lived in fear of its own audience. Fox News' overpaid talking heads seemed visibly nervous after the $787.5 million settlement was announced. The cast of The Five laughed a bit too loudly, while the co-hosts on Fox & Friends appeared overly chipper and enthusiastic about every segment. The biggest story of the week was supposed to be Tucker Carlson's interview of Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla, SpaceX, and Twitter. The network included extended segments about the interview on Fox and Friends and The Five. The Musk sit-down was about as interesting as listening to a half-loaded dishwasher run on the energy efficiency mode. Musk said nearly everything in a robotic monotone while Tucker Carlson squinted and occasionally forced a laugh. It was supposed to be an earth shattering warning about the dangers of artificial intelligence, but was a snooze fest of self praise. The rest of the week was dedicated to the the network's usual festival of fear. Crime is out of control. Marijuana is dangerous. The United States is being invaded by migrants and the Hunter Biden laptop scandal is about to take down the Biden presidency. Fox News host have predicted imminent arrests and criminal indictments surrounding Hunter Biden and the Biden family for years now. While the whole storied affair has remained not much more than a constant talking point. By Thursday, Fox host Dan Bongino was unexpectedly let go, despite having high ratings for his Saturday night time slot. By the next Monday, I'm going to go backwards in time, (laughs) Fox would terminate Tucker Carlson, the host of the second highest rated show on the network. The firings had begun. I'm not kidding. When I watched The Five, they were just like, Whoa! <laughs> trying so hard, trying so hard. I saw it. I saw panic. I saw panic. I don't think I was projecting. I think I see it deep down behind the eyes. So last week, Fox News announced Dan Bongino and the company were parting ways. Dan Bongino former Secret Service agent and Fox News host, was best known for shouting down anyone who disagreed with him and acting like an expert on every topic. Bongino yelled a lot. He made Judge Pirro look shy and reserved by comparison. He frequently berated Geraldo Rivera while paired with him on Hannity. This is a brief collection of the clips I captured and analyzed of Bongino since the start of Decoding Fox News. He wasn't an intellectual so much as someone who would openly brag about the size of his
1: penis. Listen, I, I may get fired from Fox after this, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, you think? This is some third world bullshit right here. Let me say it again. Third world bullshit. Who the, yeah, who the hell's denying <laughs> elections? Elections happen. They're just not happening in a safe, secure way. That's what we're concerned about. So- this is some third world Garbage that happened tonight starts crapping their diaper. Who don't have to deal with the problems of the smellies? They've said to people, You're not the smellies. You actually built this place. My last name is Bongino. (laughs) Probably don't want to tell them who's got a bigger crank. (laughs) Ask them, You can plant a big wet one on our asses. We don't care. (laughs) Everything's been, the dipsy-doo flipperoos happened. Like everything's been flipped in their heads, right? Going, Ah, listen, you great unwashed, smelly Walmart idiots. This. You know, liberal zeros out there who watch this network all the time. I mean, some of them, their only job is to watch our shows, which is kind of humiliating, but that's for another day. Well, Dan
0: Bongino, I do watch your network. Oh, wait, no, your former network for my job. And at least I have a job. I work off a grant. Oh, perfect timing to talk about who pays me. So <laughs> I should mention my sponsor. This project is made possible by the Townite Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a graduate of the program, not a student. It's a very, very humble grant. This is a micro-budget production, uh, meaning there's very little money here. Uh, this uh, project is also supported by listeners of this podcast and readers of my newsletter at my substack for Decoding Fox News, so you too can help support this project. I'm about to reach 4,000 free subscribers. Uh, My paid subscribers are about 5%, so it's a very, very small amount, Um, but I'm very excited that I'm about to hit 4,000. I'm right there, right there, and this is from absolutely ground zero. There was no money for marketing or promotion or anything, just my lunatic work ethic, which means I just threw everything I had into this project and it has paid off at least so far. So uh, anyway, anyway, if you'd like to become a sponsor, I also have a Patreon or you can become a paid subscriber at my substack for decoding Fox News. I also want to add that the grant that is the bulk of what pays for this ends in August, so we'll see what happens after August. Uh, Right now, I've been saving everything that I've gotten off substack and Patreon just in case there's nothing in August. (laughs) So, uh, because I would like to keep this project going. I've spent a little bit on equipment and, and whatnot, but... Most of it is literally in a separate account that's just locked up. So anyway, back to last week. When Fox doesn't know what to do, they fall back on their usual, which is crime, the border crisis, fear in general, panic, the whole nine yards. And so Laura Ingram, there was an incident last week in Chicago where a large group of teenagers coordinated on social media And went downtown and caused a bunch of havoc. Like teenagers are are wont to do. Uh, But unfortunately because of social media. They're a little bit more effective at doing this sort of thing. And then also because now everybody walks around with a camera on their hand. In in the form of a phone. Footage of this got out everywhere. And it didn't look good. It was a bunch of teenagers acting rowdy. And some cars were damaged. And a couple teenagers got shot. But they weren't. One was shot in the arm. One was shot in the leg. They should recover. Uh, nobody was killed, and there was just it was mayhem. is awful, and this is the kind of thing that is red meat for Fox News. Young black teenagers wrecking havoc, mostly black, wrecking havoc on the downtown center of Chicago. So this is how Laura Ingram reacted to this footage. Uh, this is a much longer monologue that I had to cut down for for length, but. It's, you definitely get the full spirit of it. I basically just took out some of the media clips.
2: This degradation and this slide now into cruel criminal activity. It's not limited to any one race. It's being burned into our national DNA. Look at the dead eyes of some of the worst mass shooters. There was Adam Lanza who killed those beautiful children at Sandy Hook Elementary. Dylan Roof, who killed nine in that black church in Charleston. Then the Pulse nightclub shooter. Then Salvador Ramos, the unspeakable inflictor of mass damage and carnage in Uvalde. And then the twisted trans killer, Audrey Hale, who just killed six at that Nashville Christian school. They're hiding her manifesto and other writings. Hmm. It's all stomach churning, all of it. So many lives lost, utter callousness. Most killers seem to suffer from some deep sense of isolation odd right you're connected more connected than ever before with the internet but you're more lonely and more isolated than ever before many of the kids heavily medicated for depression or anxiety some with drug-induced psychosis maybe they started with marijuana yet uh, many have a deep desire at the same time for notoriety hence the live streaming or the last messages posted on social media before they go carry out their carnage. It's a lack of empathy and often a lack of fathers. Kids with no guardrails whatsoever can quickly slip from smoking a little weed now and then to ending up in a mob that's stomping a poor passerby, as we saw in Chicago last Saturday night. So when so many elected officials and other powerful people on the left have spent decades running down this country and attacking the nuclear family, is it really surprising that many kids have lost all hope? If Joe Biden thinks America is an evil place, racist place, systemically racist, why would kids be optimistic today? So politicians have to stop lying to the American people about the state of things in this country. The kids aren't all right. Children need love and rules laid down by responsible adults. They need communities that support parenthood, not make it harder with soft on crime policies, drug legalization and radical racial and gender propaganda. All of that just undermines churches, moms and dads.
0: I just want to point out a few things that Ingram did there because this is a very common thing done in conservative media in general. Now, she makes a number of assumptions. She mentions marijuana twice, doesn't show any data that would support that increased marijuana use uh, leads to increased crime. She also lumps teenagers out running amok, because that's kind of what they were doing, with mass shooters, which is a crazy leap, in my opinion. And then she also um, makes assumptions about, like... Uh, if these kids are on any sort of medication for anxiety or depression without knowing anything about these people they're total strangers just a mob basically in you know cell phone footage I, and I would also say that she really needs to look up some basics about crime which of course she's not going to do because anyone who knows anything about crime knows that it the crime levels in the 1970s were much much higher than they are now uh, they kind of 70s through 80s and 90s are much higher than they are today what we're experiencing now is a slight uptick from the pandemic onward and i would easily say that the pandemic was an incredibly stressful time for everyone and it disrupted a lot of children it took them out of school it caused all kinds of problems family members may have died, the whole nine yards. So it's been a very, very rough time for everyone. So I think it's safe to say that that may be part of what's contributing to the crime problem right now. But again, it's nothing compared to what it was decades ago. And if you're going to blame single mothers, I would love to point out that that single parent families were more rare in the seventies and eighties than they are today. So please explain Laura Ingram if you're blaming single parents, why was crime higher in the 70s and 80s than it is today? Please explain that. If you're going to blame single parents, please explain that. And marijuana, by the way, which was illegal. So that doesn't make any sense. And then the old, like, let's go back to God and family and everything will be great. Well, we, we again, the 70s. So please explain the 70s to me. Please explain the 70s to me. Uh, where you had more people going to church, you had more intact families, And yet you had much, much higher levels of crime. I'd also add just very briefly, this is not in the newsletter, but I just thought of it. This idea of notoriety that Ingram mentioned about notoriety that these um, mass shooters are seeking. Yet at the same time, Fox is demanding to see the manifesto, as it were, of the shooter in Nashville. I don't like to say the shooter's name. The shooter in Nashville. And here's the thing. When you publish a manifesto or writings or videos of these mass shooters. Now, this is just my opinion. You don't have to agree with me, but just this is how I see it. It encourages other mass shooters because they, they've said this. Multiple mass shooters have said they've been inspired by past events. So I don't really get how you're saying oh, we're detached, we're lonely, people want notoriety. Let's see that manifesto. And from what I've read about that that quote-unquote manifesto in Nashville, it's a rambling mess of several journals and none of it makes any sense. And that's why it hasn't been released, because they're not sure how to release it yet. Um, But anyway, slight tangent. Now we move on to the five. Same footage. Teenagers running amok. That's the best way I can describe it. Because some of them are just running around. Some of them are committing property damage. Some of them are committing violence. But it was just, it just looked like a big mess of teenagers acting like teenagers, unfortunately. I mean, we were all young once. We remember seeing things like this or they were just in a smaller scale because people didn't have smartphones where they could, you know, tell 200 people to show up somewhere. But anyway, so this is how the five reacted to that same footage. And I honestly think it's worse than what Ingram said, because at least Ingram had some sense of like she cared or you know, I don't. I can't read her mind, but there was at least a pretense that she's like, oh, but I care and people just need to return to families, yada, yada, yada. The five took it to a much, much, much darker place. This is Greg Gutfeld and Judge Janine.
2: So if you express any outrage about mob violence and you use terms, if, if you, God forbid, you use the word, these people are acting like animals, that's racist. How dare you? That is worse than a man getting beaten up by a, by a mob.
1: You know, you can have uh, people come out and say, like Brandon Johnson did, the new mayor of Chicago, it is not constructive to demonize the youth who have otherwise been starved of opportunity in their own communities. I disagree with him 100 percent. It is time to demonize them and it is time to send them to jail.
0: So that's basically Greg Gutfield complaining that he can't call a large group of, you know, Rowdy kids, rowdy black kids, animals, basically what he says. He implies it by saying, oh, but because I don't think somebody would call you a racist for calling a group of white kids animals. I don't think they would. I don't think they would. So I'm going to, and the footage you guys showed on that show was of black, black teenagers in Chicago. So sorry, Greg Gutfeld, but we all make choices. And if you want to go ahead and say that, somebody might call you racist. Deal with it. Um, Judge Jeanine Pirro. Basically, says we should t- demonize them and lock them up. And she, lock them up! I'll do my Judge Janine. Lock them up! And she's actually, that's my imitation of Judge Janine, she's actually made several comments in the past few months about incarcerating children. And we tried that. Didn't really work. And it can actually backfire because when you put a kid in the system that young, they get so broken and damaged by it, they never get any better and they just get worse and worse and worse as criminals. So anyway, again, go back to the 70s. Let's look at uh, trends in crime. There's, a, there's many different reasons why crime would get worse or crime would increase. It's not one answer. It's not so simple that you can just go, it's this. There you go. If, the, if it were that easy, we wouldn't have crime in the United States. There's a myriad of reasons why crime would increase or decrease in a certain area. But to just simplify it with lock them up, demonize them is just—it's shocking that this woman was a judge. It's shocking. I get that comment all the time, and I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't want to be on the other side uh, of a courtroom with Judge Janine deciding my fate. Now, when Fox doesn't know what to talk about, they bring up the border. The border crisis is—even if we had—we we do have a border crisis right now. We do have a record number of people crossing. Both our northern and southern border, and coming in in any you know means necessary, we have a we do have a problem with immigration right now. Uh, However, Fox would bring this up even if we didn't. That's just Fox News, their go-to. It's let's let's talk about immigration and scare the heck out of our boomer audience sitting in the middle of of the country. (laughs) You know, terrified that their 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 small towns and suburban areas are going to be overrun or, or whatever. It's a common trope on Fox News. However, this, Laura Ingram is in rare form in this clip. Now, there was a, an article in the New York Times, a great investigative piece that kind of opened up the problem with child labor that exists throughout the country that exploits migrant children. This is a real problem. Uh, th- there's many reasons why this is happening. There, people have made mistakes. Uh, the system is not working There are many things that need to be done to remedy this issue because, you know, a migrant child is incredibly vulnerable and when they come to the United States and someone offers them work, many of them will take it because they were working in their home country. It's not that unusual to work uh, even a dangerous job when a person is underage in a more impoverished country, especially in like Central America. This is not uncommon. So, and they think, well, I need money and I got to support my family. So they don't think anything of it. And then they end up in these dangerous situations many times, getting paid just garbage and when they should be in school, you know, the whole nine yards. So, uh, you know, and Fox took this and Ingram, they've been talking about it, you know, oh, it's slave labor and it's all Biden's fault, yada, yada. Okay, got it. However, Laura Ingram decided to have, of all people on, Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller, one of the top advisors for Donald J. Trump and the architect of the family separation policy. Now this clip, both Ingram and Stephen Miller completely rewrite history when they talk about the family separation policy. Here we go. This is a jaw dropper.
2: Stephen, you were at the receiving end of all the kids in cages outrage. Uh, And at the time, obviously, keeping people separated seemed to make sense because, you know, you couldn't hold children for any length of time in uh, facilities with adults. That would be dangerous. But you guys were hammered for that. And now we have slave labor courtesy of the Biden administration.
0: So Laura Ingram kind of makes up history there and basically says that children were separated from their parents because they couldn't put them in the same facility as their parents. And that's why children were separated. That's not what the policy was The family separation Policy was enacted As use as a deterrent It was they, they, they made no bones about this They The Trump administration Wanted families to know That if you cross our border We will separate you from your children As a means to Scare people from trying to cross the border Because people do not want to lose their children Now Uh, All told, in that child separation policy, I've seen numbers as low as 3,800 and as high as 5,000 children were separated from their parents, and about 1,000 remain that have yet to be reunited with their families. Uh, And that was from 2017 to 2021. I went ahead and went with the 3,800 number because it was lower, uh, and I found that in more than one source. There's a hyperlink in the newsletter. And so that's how Ingram phrased it, and this was Stephen Miller's response.
2: Right, well, you've summed it up
1: perfectly, Laura. As you know well, the policy of the government across all crimes is that if a parent commits a crime They're held in a different setting
2: than their minor relatives. Of course, in many cases, these individuals are being trafficked into the country and they were being sold into slavery. And we saved those children and we saved their lives and we saved them from those ravages.
0: Stephen Miller is completely making things up. I mean, there may have been a few that were uh, not with their actual parent that were being smuggled into the country. Perhaps. I'll give him that. It's probably not going to be 100%. But we know for a fact that hundreds of children were separated from their parents due to this policy. And the Trump administration made no allusions to it being anything other than a deterrent. They said openly that this was a deterrent. They didn't want families to cross over with small children. So they said, we're going to take your children away because we got to put you, we got to lock you up. We got to lock you up as soon as you cross the border, which again... There's many, many legal arguments that says that we're going against a number of laws when we do that. Because if someone's seeking asylum, we're not supposed to lock them up. Uh, again, I'm not an immigration expert, but I could, this is just... I, there's just, I, like, Do you think we forgot? It wasn't that long ago. Do you think everybody just forgot about your policy that you're quite proud of and openly bragged about that we just forgot? And now it was all of those children, all 3,800 to 5,000 of them were uh, being trafficked illegally into the United States and that you saved them. And that's why a thousand of them are still stranded not knowing, not being able to be reconnected with their families. Oh my goodness. Stephen Miller. Just to have Stephen Miller come on to talk about any issue with children is already going to just light people up because Stephen Miller. I kind of have a Stephen Miller impression but I'm a little bit too tired to do it right now. I'm kind of exhausted. This whole... Tucker Carlson into... Uh, okay, so briefly, slight tangent. I went out of the city for a family event. I was way behind schedule. I'm still behind schedule. Uh, I tried desperately to catch up. I sort of caught up uh, Sunday night. And then I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can, I can crank this newsletter out. And then the Tucker Carlson getting fired news happened. And I spent the entire day putting montages together... For another newsletter, which right now is the highest performing podcast I've ever had. Thank you so much for listening. So it was very important that I did that podcast, but i am I am completely wiped out. Uh, I'm just'm I'm running on fumes. So the next topic as it were was Hunter Biden. and Hunter Biden came up all over the place last week. Uh, Hunter Biden is the basically the, Never ending story. It's when Fox needs to pull from something to distract from another story, Hunter Biden. When Fox needs to whip up their base, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is one of these stories. It's like always right on the edge of he'll be indicted. Someone will be arrested and then nothing happens. And then the next week he'll be indicted. Someone will be arrested. Nothing happens. We have more proof. Nothing happens. We've got this paperwork. Nothing happens. It just doesn't stop because this is something that they'll just pull to to try to, again, like it's the never-ending story, and there's a reason why it's the never-ending story. Now, there is, there has been a development that might lead to something. There's a whistleblower at the IRS who now says the investigation into the president's son is being mishandled. And if it's credible, great. You know, if I'm we'll throw Hunter Biden under the bus in a heartbeat. I don't care if he committed a crime, he should suffer the consequences right now. I don't know what to think because I have watched so much Fox and how they go on and on and on about Hunter Biden. And I still don't see anything that really like definitively pins him to any actual criminal activity. I see a lot of innuendo. I see a lot of speculation. If this, uh, IRS agent, Does have credible proof that something is shady. Then show it. Let's deal with it. Move on. Um, But here's just a clip. (laughs) This just made me laugh. That's why I included it. Sometimes I stick stuff in here because I think it's funny. It's Judge Janine. And if Judge Janine gets fired, I don't know what I'm going to do with this impression. Because I like doing Judge Janine. And she makes me laugh almost every single week. Because she's unpredictable. She'll throw things. And she'll yell at Greg Gutfeld. So what's not to love? And she talks about her dogs. Dog people, cat people. We're kind of the same people. But not really. Kind of. But not really. Anyway. um, Similar. Similar. And then there's people who are dog cat people. Which just. I would love to be a dog cat person. But I live in Brooklyn. It's hard to raise a dog in Brooklyn. Anyway. So here's just a goofy crazy clip of Judge Janine screaming about the deep state. HUNTER BIDEN.
1: IS THE DEEP STATE AS DEEP AS WE THOUGHT? WELL, SEE, THAT'S JUST THE THING. SO DOES and IT yes, TELL they they YOU are THERE'S all A pu- DEEP STATE? THEY'RE ALL IS THERE up. A DEEP STATE? BUT TO THINK THAT ALL OF THEM GOT TOGETHER AND SAID, WE'RE GOING go TO GO WITH, they with, with BASEMENT <laughs> POLITICS. They RATHER it. THAN SOME NOBLE cause." SO IS so THERE A listen. DEEP STATE? IS THERE A DEEP STATE? YEAH. Uh, I DON'T KNOW. Okay.
2: I, uh, THE CLAIM IN THE LETTER IS A HOAX. IT'S A HOAX. THIS WAS A DEEP STATE SMOLLETE.
0: Oh, the Smollett reference is Jussie Smollett, the actor who faked a hate crime against himself that was pretty much debunked almost immediately after he tried to do it. Uh, on Fox News, Jesse Smollett is a major, major story. <laughs> like, most of the country has completely forgotten about that incident, but on Fox News, they have a special dedicated to the case on Fox Nation, and they include the two men who Jesse Smollett hired to beat him up. They have like a they have a special on him. There's two, I believe. I could be wrong, but I believe there's a Jesse Smollett like the crime that was not real and then a feature of just like the two men who Jesse Smollett hired. So that's yummy. This is a big big story on Fox. So if you said Smollett, if any of your relatives who love Fox whip out a Smollett reference that's what they're talking about okay so i just i just thought that was funny her whole deep state there's a deep state like the concept of a deep state uh, on fox is that there's like government officials like secretly scheming to affect change and and control the government but they're like low-level employees all like working together it's like g- the goofiest thing on the planet the left, the far, far tinfoil hat left, also claims that there's a deep state, so that's humorous, just alone. So the big the big show, the big highlight of the week, last week, was supposed to be this Elon Musk interview on Tucker Carlson tonight. And I didn't want to cover it because I wasn't covering Tucker Carlson last week, so I thought, I don't care. Big deal. But then Fox kept bringing it up. Every show, they'd show segments from it, they'd show snippets from it. I said, I've got to I've got to look at this. This is too big of a story. I got to go back and cover it. So I went back, captured Monday and Tuesday of Tucker Carlson tonight, having no idea that that would be the last time (laughs) I'd ever capture that show. Um, But I captured the show, watched the interview, was like, I don't get it. This is the most boring thing I've ever seen. Uh, And I will sum up the interview in a sentence. Here we go. This is Elon Musk. Artificial intelligence is dangerous. So I want to make my own artificial intelligence company. That was basically it. He also advocated for more government regulation in the AI industry, but was incredibly vague about what that would entail. He brought up what he claimed was government censorship in Twitter, his desire to procreate, which was creepy, and the state of the U.S. economy. He got a bunch of things wrong in terms of the economy. I don't want to waste too much time on that, but he sounded like an eighth grader talking about the U.S. economy. I said it. I said it. I drew blood. Musk said that he knew a lot about, and this is a direct quote: "I know a lot of, uh, I know a lot about space stuff." And then he also said he had no experience with UFOs. While all this was going on, Tucker Carlson laughed a lot, uh, a bit forced, I would say. And nothing that Musk revealed was new information. It was a softball interview given to an egotist who seems to believe he's the most important person in the world. He is not. Uh, Now, linking to that AI segment, because they kept talking about artificial intelligence all last week, I cannot make this next one up. So, Fox and Friends, this is just stunning how crazy this one was. Because a bogus expert, and I'll do the voice in a second, don't worry. The If you're a regular, you will you know what I'm talking about. The bogus expert segment is a regular on Fox News. I haven't done it in a while because I've had some pretty big themes I've had to go over uh, that it just didn't fit. But a bogus expert is basically when Fox News has somebody on who speaks well, he's in a suit, or she's in a suit, whatever, and they are presented as someone who knows what they're talking about. And when you You know, crack open their background, you realize, oh, this person's talking about climate change, but they have no actual training in this. Or this person's talking about vaccines, but they are like a journalist and they have no actual medical training. That sort of thing. This is a common, common thing that's done on Fox News. And I found out after I sort of discovered it, that this is done throughout propaganda. This is like a trope of propaganda. So. Drum roll, please. I'll do the voice now. So, you know, I haven't done this one in a while, but this is the bogus expert voice. And the bogus expert is somebody who is a fake expert, like phony. They don't know what they're talking about, you know? And when I do the bogus expert voice, I do a voice from Minnesota or Michigan or maybe Wisconsin or even parts of, I don't know, like you know, just up there, up north, like North Dakota, like maybe, I'd bet even Idaho, I'd bet even Idaho. Now I'm going to get angry emails from people from Idaho saying we don't sound that goofy. Uh, I'm from Missouri. Uh, My accent, if I let it unleash, is not that different from the one I just did. So don't get mad at me. I don't need hate mail. I get enough from the MAGA people. Okay, here we go. Bogus expert, drumroll please. Fox and Friends segment about the dangers of Artificial intelligence, who do they have on? Jimmy Falla! A comedian. Perfect expert. Perfect expert.
1: On one end, I would have loved this when I was in college because I needed all the help I could get. <laughs> right. When I was in Nassau community majoring in intro to Xbox, I still ran into some <laughs> hiccups. It wasn't always pretty. But that's the bigger problem here is it's who controls the AI because it ultimately defines value. Okay, as he said, some of the chat GPT is being trained to be politically correct. And sometimes being politically correct means not telling the truth. So chat GPT might tell you a man could have a baby we might argue otherwise.
0: Amazing pivot to uh, an anti-trans jab for no reason. Amazing pivot, Jimmy fella. Uh, who else to have on about the dangers of artificial intelligence than a Fox host and a comedian? He's he's two in one. He hosts a radio show on like the Fox radio network. I can't, What that has to be, he has to win the award. I, I don't have an award for the craziest, bogus expert, but that's got to be up there. Uh, they've had comedians on before to talk about COVID, which was equally stupid, but AI is just another realm of just, are you, cause he tried to actually sound intelligent there. Like, oh, it's going to be politically correct. And that's dangerous. Cause then we're going to maybe acknowledge that, that a trans person can get pregnant. That's basically what he said. Wow. Thank you, Jimmy Fella. You, ch- you changed lives with that. So insightful. Don't have a scientist on. Forget that. Don't have somebody who works with AI. Have a comedian. And, you know, wah, wah, wah. Let's let's insult trans people. Okay. Now we've come to the part of the podcast, which is the stories that Fox News ignored. Every week I compare 15 hours of Fox News to 5 hours of the PBS NewsHour. The following are stories that PBS covered that Fox News did not. Now, this week, it's not as bad as it's been in previous weeks. For whatever reason, Fox was reporting on more stories. So there wasn't as many stories that Fox ignored. Uh, So here we go. But they're telling the ones that they ignored. They're very much stories that Fox would ignore. Here we go. A grand jury in Akron, Ohio, did not indict eight police officers who were involved in the fatal shooting of Jalen Walker. Walker was unarmed at the time of his death but a gun was found in his car. Fox News settled a defamation lawsuit with Dominion Voting Systems for $787.5 million. Fox News mentioned the settlement, but it was only included as a minor story on the news-based programs on the network. Bangladesh faces its worst heat wave in over half a century, as stress to the power grid has also caused massive power outages across the country, affecting millions. Senators Mitch McConnell... Of Kentucky and John Fetterman of Pennsylvania returned to work last week after they both took time off for medical reasons. This next one's a doozy: Chris Willingham, a journalist at McCurtain Gazette News in Oklahoma, secretly recorded local government officials following a March 6 county commission meeting. The recording including the, included the officials complaining that they couldn't lynch black men anymore while also joking that they would love to murder journalists. Right after this story broke, Fox and Friends featured a black anchor, Lawrence Jones, in a diner interviewing locals about various topics in Oklahoma City. The segment seemed forced as there was no reason to feature Oklahoma. Fox did not acknowledge the story about the racist government officials. That one was so bizarre because I was like, why is he in Oklahoma? Why is anybody in Oklahoma? Oh, that other story. That's why they're trying to deflect. PBS included a segment about the Muslim religious holy month of Ramadan amid the disaster of the recent earthquakes in Syria and Turkey. More than 150,000 Public Service Alliance of Canada Workers went on strike demanding higher wages and universal work-from-home policies. Vladimir Kara-Murza, a vocal critic of Russian President Vladimir Putin, was sentenced to 25 years on treason charges. His sentence was the harshest handed down to any government critic since Putin came to power in 1999. A civil war of sorts has broken out in Sudan, as two powerful generals battling are battling for control of the country. Fox News completely ignored this story until the U.S. embassy was evacuated. PBS included several segments about the conflict that did not involve the United States or its embassy. PBS produced another segment on the effects of long COVID and how the mysterious illness has caused many Americans to leave the workforce. At least 78 people were killed and 73 injured during a stampede at an event to distribute financial aid in Yemen. The crowd was panicked by gunfire and an accidental explosion. A new study published in Nature found that glaciers are receding faster than scientists expected, which could put many coastal regions in jeopardy. Julie Sue, President Biden's nominee for labor secretary, faces a tough battle for confirmation in the Senate. Her critics cite her record as California's labor secretary and say that she's a threat to certain industries. PBS produced a segment as part of its series on healthcare in rural America. This past week, the program focused on the challenges diabetic patients face. Tyrae Nichols' mother filed a $550 million federal lawsuit against the city of Memphis and members of the Memphis Police Department over the death of her son following a traffic stop in the city. Amna Navaz conducted an interview with Naftali Bennett, the former Israeli prime minister, about the increasing political unrest and the state of democracy in his country. Navas grilled him about various policies the Israeli government has enforced over Palestinians in Gaza and the occupied West Bank. I point this out because that rarely happens in American media. Just, it's a great clip. If you want to watch it, it's on YouTube. PBS featured a segment on historic British coal-powered railway lines and how increased costs caused by the war in Ukraine could threaten their existence. The railway lines have been described as a living museum as they remain largely unchanged since the invention of rail travel in Great Britain. After being in prison for 32 years, a federal court ruled that C- Crosley Green was wrongfully convicted of a 1989 murder in Florida. In 2021, the court granted him a conditional release citing concerns over the COVID pandemic and sent the case back to the state to free Green or hold a new trial. Last week, Green was ordered back to prison after the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit rejected his claim that his guilty verdict was obtained in violation of his constitutional rights. Green's case was rejected by the Supreme Court and he is out of appeals. PBS was there filming him when he had to tell his family he has to go back to prison. There, there's a lot more I could say about this case. It's it's, it's absolutely appalling what's happening to this man. If you want to look up more about it, Crossley Green, green spelled just like the color. Ahmad Jamal, a jazz pianist, died at the age of 92. Jamal was the awarded the National Endowment for the Arts Jazz Master Award, a Lifetime Achievement Grammy, and... Induction into the France Order of Arts and Letters. Those are it. That's it. Normally, it's a much longer list, but Fox is more on on, uh, its game in regards to actual news stories that they should cover. (laughs) Uh, Because normally, it's like that list is three times as long as the one I just read. So, By the Numbers is briefly uh, the top five categories for Fox News compared to PBS. Fox was... 14%, 14%, Elon Musk, Tucker Carlson interview, Hunter Biden, 9%, crime increasing, 4%, DeSantis versus Trump, which that they're really heating up, that was 4%, and the border crisis, 4%. PBS, on the other hand, was abortion medication battle, 6%, Ukraine war, 6%, gun violence, they had multiple stories, they just put them in one large story about gun violence, uh, a rise of domestic terrorism percent And author profile Which is like a version of their artist profile They just focus on an author Instead of an artist uh, And the words used on Fox Nothing too crazy China Chinese was 150 That's quite high Biden was 297 Trump 125 Crime also high at 93 Hunter Biden very high at 72 Musk 67 Border 61 is 50 That's high for him Russia 41, inflation only 20 times, AOC moving back up at 17 mentions, Ukraine 15, Fetterman, who's becoming the new AOC, at 9, Iran at 3, and Dominion <laughs> was 0, because I didn't conclude that little clip that I played for you, that actually was not in my hour, so Dominion was not mentioned at all, there's more proof. And um, this week, I'll be covering Fox and Friends of the Five, Jesse Waters' primetime. I'm also picking up hours for this new show that's substituting for Tucker Carlson tonight, which is called Fox News Tonight. So far, it's been almost unwatchable. It's just a, a mess. I guess they're using, like, like Z-list writers. It's completely uh, disorganized. It's, it's jumbled. It's awful. I've gotten no clips from it. I just sit there, and I can't even tell what they're talking about half the time. So... Thanks for listening to the podcast again. I am delirious. It is 7 a.m. I'm finally finishing this. Can't make that up. Uh, I appreciate everyone who listens to the podcast. All of my paid subscribers. All of my Patreon supporters. Uh, Odin and Thor, my cats, the mascots for the podcast. Send their love. Thanks for listening. I will see you at the next podcast, which will hopefully be next week. I can't take anymore. more. Uh, thank you so much.